Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories podcast. My name is Dr. Brandon Beck, and I am so excited for you to be here to join us today. This podcast was originally a live show that was aired across several different social media platforms. The goal of this show is to amplify the stories of amazing people, which serve as inspiration for your journey. Your story matters. It tells us who you are and who you want to be. Enjoy this opportunity to hear from these innovative thought leaders as they discuss what it means to unlock unlimited potential. If you are looking for an opportunity to connect further with me after this show, please visit brandonbeckedu.com to learn more about my speaking, coaching, consulting, and other offerings that are designed to help you and your organization find greater results in your journey. All right. Welcome to the Unlocking Unlimited Potential Stories show. I'm very excited to be here with you all. It's been a great week. It's awesome to be here. My special guest will be joining us shortly. Today we have the amazing... Look at that entrance. That wasn't even planned. What's going on, everybody? (laughs) We did not plan that, by the way. That was straight technical difficulties. But what a walk-in. I should have had music cued ready for you to walk into. (laughs) Man, my lights fell down. I said, no, I can't go out like that. (laughs) (laughs) The the lighting, the lighting is important. The things we worry about in 2021, right? Absolutely. No, brother, thank you for having me, man. I was watching that intro saying this is wonderful. Seeing a lot of my friends, seeing co-warriors who've been in the trenches all these years. and, uh, And so I'm honored to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's it's a labor of love. This whole story here, this this opportunity to share stories and the opportunity to connect with some amazing educators. We're in season two now, so it's been pretty exciting to see the progression. Just some really great people that are doing amazing things, and you know, people that I'm, I know that you've even shared the sta- stage with as well, and are going to be sharing the stage. I saw. I know you and Tom Murray are sharing the stage over at JRVC. Shout out to You're my right, JRVC right. people. We have a big JRVC following here, so that's a big deal to us. So we can't wait to see you nice. on that stage. Nice, absolutely. No, absolutely, man. I'm looking forward to connecting with that guy. We we uh we go back and forth online every now and then, you know, just encouraging one another, brother. So it's uh it's just good, you know. This work is hard work, humbling work, sometimes heartbreaking work. And when you see others out there like Thomas and others. Man, it's encouraging for me to just keep fighting the good fight. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it's having the opportunity to bring people on like you on this show and be able to connect personally. It's a little bit selfish because I, I, I truly enjoy the experience, but I love sharing the content and, and, and the quality of the content because it's just amazing conversations. So we have you here. I know pretty much probably a lot of people out there know you, you have spoken on a lot of different stages over the past years. You know, you're an international speaker, best-selling author. Most recently, you just released this book right here, Teacher Secrets, 
every educator must know. We're going to dive into that a little bit. It's a great read. Um, as well as you're one of the original freedom writers from the latest, the 2007 movie. Now, I have to say, I have like three teaching movies that are my favorite. Number one <laughs> <Nice>. used <laughs> to be School of Rock. That was my oh, favorite. That was Jack the movie. Black. That's the movie that, that made me who I am. However, I have now nice. moved that to number two in place of Freedom Writers. It's a ph phenomenal oh, wow. film. I appreciate wow. the story. And uh, what a what a current story for what we're going through right now, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, man. No, that, that humbles me, honors me. Uh, we often say that movie is a tribute for to all of the educators who are in the trenches who don't have a movie about them. There's no camera in their faces but they show up every day to give their best. And so that movie is, is us really honoring everyone who shows up every day to serve, you know, those who need the help, uh, the least, the last, the lost and the left out. So thank you, brother. That, that means a lot to me. No, I appreciate it. And you're continuing to inspire your, how many books do you, have you actually written? Cause seven, uh <laughs> seven books. And you're We've in a PhD yeah. program, which I, I can't figure out how on earth you can write books so fast and also be in a PhD program. Yeah, man, it's, you know, it's my, one of my closest friends asked me the same question. He says, Manny, I don't know where you find the time. I, you know, I have so much in me and, um, and I keep trying to build on what I've shared before. And I feel like, you know, the the new experiences I'm having and the the things I'm learning, you know, I just need to get these out, you know. And so this newest book is my best answer to how do we reach kids today in this digital time, in these digital times, in this, these difficult times. So I'm juggling a lot. Man, I actually need to be <laughs> I'm supposed to be writing my dissertation. Uh, I've been writing it, but I was supposed to be writing all day today. But I just got you know, pulled into some other stuff. Uh, but I'm doing my best, man. And I have an amazing wife. Uh, uh, my wife, you know, if without her, none of this would be possible. So I'm grateful for my for my beautiful wife, Alice Scott. If you watch this, sweetheart, I love you. And you are more dear to me than my own heart's blood. <laughs> awesome. We, yes, family is what keeps us going. We rise yeah. by lifting others. I love all of it. You know, I think it's, it's difficult for me to kind of go through your entire career and go through all, I mean, I'm going through the list and, and I discovered you um, back when, when you spoke at ASCD, I think you were sandwiched between Dr. Jill Biden and Colin Powell, I think, was that the, the, the time yeah, that, that I, was, yeah. That was in uh, Boston, uh, yes. 2018. 18, oh yeah, yeah. They, they put me in between two heavy hitters. <laughs> uh, it was what an, an amazing honor, experience. It, it was wonderful. It was wonderful to meet uh, Colin Powell and uh, just to have a great conversation with him about leadership and family and life. Uh, and most importantly, man, to serve the uh, educators who showed up that day. Uh, it was a, it was a very special conference, very special day for me personally. Yeah. It's amazing. It really is. And, you know, you talk a little bit about your story and I know some people may know your story, but when you talk about yeah. your story a little bit, you know, <clears throat> It's amazing to me that you you went from where you were to now returning the favor to educators. I find that so amazing. But tell us a little bit about how your journey led you on that path. Yeah, man, my wife, you know, she uh, she says just who you are is a miracle. Um, 
just seeing where you're from and she's met you know many people who are from where I'm from my family she she's been in the context that I come out of and uh she she you know we were just talking yesterday she says it's sweetheart it's a miracle that that you've been able to do all of this even though you come from all of that um what is all of that so I come from a beautiful family mixed family black white mexican um I like Tupac, Shakur, Vicente Fernandez, and Garth Brooks. Uh, a very mixed, eclectic family, but a very broken family. Uh, my father's been in prison most of my life. Uh, I've seen him uh, 11 times for about 15 hours. We're working on our relationship right now. Uh, excuse me, but it's it's been um, just unspeakably difficult to say the least. My stepfather was a hardworking man. Uh, but he was addicted to drugs at times and became violent. Um, you know, beat my mother, my brothers, sometimes me when I tried to, to protect my mother. Um, I lived in 26 places before I was 16, uh, slept on the floors of homeless shelves, ate out of dumpsters and, uh, took all those issues with me to school. And so I'd be sitting in class just with everything going on at home, everything going on in my life, hungry, bruises, scars, infections, but um, sitting in class, unable to focus, unable to care about school, disinterested in making my subjects or verbs agree. I didn't know where I was gonna eat that night. I didn't know where I was gonna sleep that night. And uh, people made fun of my hair, my clothes, my shoes, my skin color, uh, even teachers. And so I started hating school, started ditching school, and I did school from, from fourth to ninth grade, 60 to 90 days a year, uh, just running the streets, 11 years old, smoking weed, getting drunk, uh, stealing cars. And uh, the first semester of my freshman year, I earned a 0 0.6 GPA. Uh, I got a three Fs, three Ds, and a C. I got a D in gym. Uh, <laughs> second semester, uh, I dropped out. My best friend was killed. Uh, on his way to see me. Uh, he was on the honor roll. He was on his way to UCLA early, uh, an amazing human being coming to hang out with me and he was killed. Uh, and that just, when I lost Alex, I lost hope. And because I was convinced that if he who was working hard, he was doing the right things, he was better than me. If he could make it out of our neighborhood, then there is no hope for me. And so it was there that I dropped out, there that I gave up. I was just angry and hurting and hopeless and broken. And um, it was into that context uh, that several loving adults came into my life and uh, helped me turn things around. A man who was addicted to crack helped me. Uh, teachers and coaches and counselors and tutors and librarians and lunch ladies, um, people, helped me uh, return to school, pick up my grades, became the first person in my family to graduate from high school, uh, went to UC Berkeley, graduated from Berkeley with two degrees, one for me, one for my, my friend who was killed, Alex. Went back, got a master's degree, and now I'm finishing my PhD in intercultural communication competence. Um, I really, um, I was on a path to become a pastor. And so I went to graduate school, went to seminary, and I was serving a church in Chicago. 
And this is the well-to-do church, upwardly mobile, lawyers, doctors, judges. And while serving that church, a beautiful church, wonderful people, um, my heart was for the people who didn't go to church, people who were lost, people who were homeless, people who were on drugs, gang members, drug dealers, people who felt hopeless. And so I sensed that my calling was beyond the walls of the church. Um, and so I resigned from my job. There's a longer story to that, but I resigned and I stepped out in faith, believing that the people I need to reach are in the schools. Um, the, the, the little Manny Scots, the least, the last, the lost, the left out are in the schools. Those who are on the edge of giving up, committing suicide, teachers, administrators, uh, I need them to know that there is hope, that even on your worst day, you can be a student's best hope, that um, no matter how bad a situation is for a kid, it can get better with the help of loving adults. And so for the last 20 years, Brandon, I've been 20 plus years, I've been on the road 300 days a year, black, white, Latino, Asian, Native American, uh, schools, jails, juvenile halls, detention centers, cornfields, hospitals, cemeteries, just giving my best to uh, help those who need hope and help and helping teachers and educators and anyone who I think could benefit from, from hearing me. And, and so that's in, in a nutshell what, I've, what I'm about. I'm happily married to my college sweetheart. Uh, we are about to, we're, we're going on 20 years of marriage. We have three beautiful children. Um, I'm a pilot now. Uh, I've, I've uh, lived in 38 places, but I now have a home that I don't have to leave anymore if I don't want to. Uh, we have served in 49 states and on six continents. And, uh, and it's been an honor. Uh, it's it's been an honor. It's not what I planned, but it's I think what I've been called to do. Yeah, it's been a tremendous career, and that is I mean it's an amazing thing that you've done that. I mean I you've even spoken in a on a stage in front of a hundred thousand people like that <laughs> right there bucket li bucket list times ten right amazing. Um, but that yeah, that yeah. right there is is kind of it just goes to show the the quality of work coming from your story. And, yeah. you know, there's yeah. a lot more of the, there's a lot more Manny Scott's out there, like you're saying, yeah. right. They're, yes. they're still out there today. And, you know, as you go into these schools and as you're speaking and as you're, as you're talking and as you have this whole thing about you, that's so special and you share your story, you kind of have walked through, you give them hope it's amazing that you're able to provide hope through your story. And, and then I know you also talk a lot about in your book, you talk about how people come up to you after you speak and that's where you really, that's your favorite time. You spend a lot of time with, you know, these people and they come up with these stories and they're crying and they're really letting out all of their feelings and all of their thoughts. Yeah. And then you get to that point. So there's so many of them out there. So what's your advice? I mean, educators, I know they've been through, the trenches huh. they've been through everything every change possible that could be imagined and on top of that there's also the students who have dealt with you know times 100 of that too and everybody's dealing with everything all of their own issues and and certain issues are certain issues but you choose 
to work with what they call, and I hate labels, underperforming, underfunded, underachieving, right? Under, 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 which is the label that gets attached to this particular group of students, but you choose to do it, you know? Yeah. So what makes you continue to choose to do it? And I know your story, but then what else do you offer now as how can we do better for these students when we don't have yeah. your story? Yeah, so that's that's a good point. So I don't um, I don't just tell my story. Uh, a lot of people think that most of my work is me telling my story. My story definitely gives me the fuel, uh, but most of my work is not only telling my story, but training leaders and teachers to reach the little Manny Scotts, giving them the tools and the frameworks and the strategies and just the perspective and a process to to enter into a child's life and help that child turn things around take responsibility for his or her own success to overcome trauma uh and so that's really uh where where i've been spending most of my time for the last 10 years just equipping leaders uh, with more than my story, equipping them with things they can use. Inspiration will get you started, but uh, you're gonna need some strategies to keep going. And so you can be sincere and still be incompetent. You can have the best of intentions and still do great harm. And so I, I like to remind people of their why. And I, I have, I, have uh, I guess I've been blessed with the burden with my story to remind people of their why but I've learned that, um, you know, without a big enough why, no amount of how or technique can get you started. So I start with the why, but I move, I build upon that with the how. Okay, now that we're inspired, what do we do with this inspiration? How do you build a relationship with students who aren't like you, who are traumatized? And so I do a lot of that. But um, working with, so in, in, in my newest book, I talk about uh, how to find your passion. And so I've, I've spoken with billionaires. I've been invited to uh, how to find your passion to to speak with a group who you know to even speak to this group you have to have at least ten million dollars to be in this group. And they had Nelson Mandela come and address them, and and several of these CEOs were like, "Man, you could you could really run our corporations. Like we would love to have you on our board." So I could make a whole lot of money just speaking to corporations and helping people. Uh, in that context, but um, they don't call out the best in me. And so I've learned to find groups that call out the best in me so that even when I'm tired, even when I'm exhausted, even when I'm discouraged, or even when I have personal problems going on in my family, um, when I'm in the, in the space, in the context of people who feel hopeless, um, something special happens in me and they call out the best in me and I'm inspired. Um, th there's moments during my presentations where I feel lifted and carried and empowered uh, from, a, from a strength that's beyond me. And I think it's because I'm called to these groups. Um, I'm called to those at the bottom because I'm, I think because I'm from the bottom, so who better to help those at the bottom than someone who's from where they're from. So something special happens. So I tell educators, find the group that calls out the best in you. 
Um, several have come to me <laughs> privately feeling guilty, like, Manny, I'm sorry. I'm like, for what? Man, I sold out. W what do you mean? Well, I went from working with the kids at the bottom with the little Mannies, did so well with them. I was promoted to some of the best schools in our state. And they're great kids and wonderful people, but I'm not inspired anymore. I said, well, you know what you need to do. So they quit their jobs and go back. You have, life is too short for us to just be getting a paycheck for me. Um, go to the people who call out the best in you because even when you're tired, something special happens. And, um, and, and so that's, th that's what I recommend for anyone. People are tired during these times man, COVID and digital learning and distance learning and disengaged students and, and burned out or unavailable parents. Like, man, what would make you continue to walk into that uh, unless, you, unless you feel some sense of purpose tied to that, to that work? Uh, and so that's, that's what I recommend for anyone right now who's questioning your purpose in life. Um, if you've lost your why, you need to go find it. You need to go dust it off and, or find a new why. <laughs> find a new why, because I've learned that if you lose your why, you might need to find a new where. And, um, and so that's what I keep doing, reminding myself, man, there's too much at stake right now for me to walk away. I'm tired, yes. Uh, I've been on the edge of burnout <laughs> and, and I have had been close to nervous breakdowns. So I've had to do some self-care, a lot of self-care but going to those groups who need me the most, um, that's been huge. Now, what was the second part to your question? So the second part to the question, you, you pretty much answered, but it was basically for those of us who don't have your story, how, oh, do, yes. we, how do we help those with a different story? Because that happens a lot, obviously, in education. Yes. So, yeah, you don't have to have – actually <laughs> – I, I'm grateful when I meet people who don't have my story um, because you don't have to go through trauma and pain and, you know, lose friends and grow up in poverty to be effective with those who, who have those experiences, who have those things. What's really needed is, I, well, that's what this, this book really answers that question. Uh, it's 40 of the most powerful lessons I've learned uh, from working with, with the little Manny Scots and those at the bottom. But I think uh, more than anything right now, we need leaders who are uh, humbling themselves and becoming interculturally competent. Um, and, and poverty in a lot of ways is a culture. So uh, with so, mu so many changes taking place in our world, ethnically, uh, socioeconomically, politically, um, in terms of immigration patterns, technologically, there's so many changes taking place. And only those who understand the changes and learn how to adapt to the changes will do well. And so my PhD is in intercultural competence. How can you be perceived to have the awareness, motivation, understanding, and skills to be effective and appropriate with the students that you serve. And so becoming a student of your students, studying your context, developing cultural self-awareness, learning about equity and race, learning how to build relationships across culture, uh, learning how to bridge, build a bridge between your amazing content and the very particular context of your students, uh, and things like that. So. 
you, you don't have to have the story. What you need, I think, is a framework that allows you to serve in any context. And uh, that's what intercultural competence is about. Absolutely. And I think in addition to having that, you also need to have that passion. You also need to have that fire. And, you know, you talk about that willingness to raise your hand when the challenge is put in front. You know, I'm going to be the one that steps in and and takes this risk, because if I fail, I fail. But at least I tried and I gave it all my effort, because if it's attached to who I am as a person, what I want and what I believe in and that I really, truly believe that there is an inner genius inside every single individual it it it's possible and yes. it and and it may not be you know adding and subtracting and multiplying and dividing but it might be you know just having that voice and being able to to have someone that you can open up to because we have a lot of these kids that there's that level of trust right and they're not trusting the the adult in front of them and, and they're right. not entrusting the people around them to work together with them, especially since we've been in this whole virtual setting where everybody's off in their own house now. And now we haven't had a chance to interact with each other. And as they start to interact with each other, it becomes you have to kind of realize that, hey, this this teamwork thing, this this part of working together for a collective why is also part of the part of the whole thing. So I believe yeah. that that is an amazing thing. And I love the book, by the way, Teacher's Secret, I am a big fan. And what I love about it is we've been asking a lot about, you know, what's the future of education moving forward? Where are we going now that this has all happened? Well, I, I started reading this and I was like, well, this is the way forward because there's so many solid snippets. The chapters are all really easy to go through. You know, I like the fact that it's like, you can absorb it, you can go back to it. But most importantly, the secrets are, they're important to culture, social, emotional learning, you know, all yeah. those current buzzwords that are happening right now, equity, equality, and all the those things that are important. So it's also a guide to help educators yes. get kind of current with the times. Yes, no question about it, man. So I've wrestled with uh, these. So looking at my background and everything I overcame, and then looking at like what the research says, what scholars are saying about reaching those at the bottom. But most importantly, looking at the last 20 plus years of my work with those who need the most help, uh, the book synthesizes all of that. Manny, who reached you? How did they reach you? What worked? What didn't work? And how can you package that? What does the research say? But how can you share it without sounding pedantic or boring or too academic? and synthesize that and put that in the book. And then only share what you know works based on your your experiences with real people. And so that's what the book brings together. And and you touched on it. Uh, One of the components of competence, one of the things that's really needed uh, to do really well is motivation. And the, the second part of the book just deals with motivation. How do you position yourself to be your best every single day? And, and I just share what the research sh- research shows. And then based on like my own personal process, because you don't always feel like teaching. You don't always, I don't feel like walking into prisons and jails. I don't like, man, you, <laughs> they test everything about you. They question your credibility. They question, I mean, walking into a room um, 
I, I was working in a district uh, not too long ago, and I walked into this room about 2,000 students, and it was so packed that uh, we had to start getting chairs from the classrooms. And I'm trying to like set some chairs up before I speak, and I'm offering, you know, uh, I'm inviting some of the kids to come and sit on the chairs. They're like, no, nah, man, no. Nah. I don't, want, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're doing here. I mean, so I have a room of 2,000 people who aren't happy to see me. They're not, like, they don't know about Freedom Riders. They don't care about Freedom Riders. They don't care about Manny Scott. All they care about is getting out of class for an hour or two. I don't know who this dude is. And it's my job to walk into that. And so, you know, it's sometimes it's torture, but I'm going because I know someone needs me there. And so my job is to, to walk into these spaces and win over an audience and establish rapport with them so that I can help them. How can I meet them on their level so that I can help them? And, and, and so if you don't have the motivation, if you don't have the passion, if you don't believe that the work that you're doing can alter the trajectory of someone's life, if you don't believe that your excellence can be, like someone's destiny is tied to your excellence. If you don't believe that, I don't think you can make it. And so it's it's staying connected to that why, staying connected to your motivation so that you can, you'll, you'll be willing to do the work to develop the in-depth understandings that will be required to succeed in this new world that we're in. Um, and it's not necessarily a new world, but you understand what I'm saying. This new context with everything changing and not only the motivation to develop the understanding, but the motivation to keep honing these skills that we'll need into this, this next, uh, for this next generation. And so, uh, so I'm with you, brother. I, my prayer is, you know, I don't know how much longer I can keep going. Um, I've given my very best, um, man, I've, you know, um, yeah. so I have secondary trauma uh, from the stories that that people have shared with me. I've, I've worked with over two million people. Half of them have been kids, and um, after I'm done speaking, for years they form a line of you know three, four, five hours, and they just unload on me, and. Um, and that's taken its toll on me, right? So my heart has been broken time and time again. I've seen humanity at its absolute worst, you know, the things people have done to children. Um, and, and so, you know, regardless of how much longer I can keep going, because I'm still a husband, I'm still a father, um, and I need to be present and well for my family. If for whatever reason, I can't go on much longer, if someone wanted to pick up where I left off, I would give them this book. This is my life's work um, to to carry on the work, whether or not I can do it. So, but but it's an honor, man. I'll go as long as I can, um, and, and I'm grateful for every opportunity. And I'm grateful for brothers like you and so many others who are continuing to do the work because it needs to be done. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's an amazing yeah. career, though, to be able to sit there and say you sat and those kids wanted to actually sit there yeah. in line and wait that long. And those yeah. were probably some of the same kids that wouldn't even take that chair that you were putting out and ask them to sit in. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and that that's yeah. just but that's 
when you look at your life and and you look at where you are now and and where you came from and most importantly the amount of the influence that you've had positively throughout millions of of lives i mean that's just it has to be such an uh, an absolute level of pride on top of all the trauma right because there's that oh, yeah. pride of that's just amazing to be able yeah. to get to this point and you know to come through what you had to come through personally but now to be able to return that and use it as a you know a, a challenge the challenges as opportunities for growth yeah it's just it's an amazing story oh yeah it's uh it's so fulfilling man like i, I was telling my wife everyone has to die you know um but are you living a life that that you can be proud of and so you know, I, I can tell I can tell this story to you. So every time I speak, well, I, I was I was speaking. I was on a speaking tour, and uh, it just takes everything out of me. Sometimes, you know, when I come home from a from from a tour, you know, I used to speak 30, 40 times a week. Uh, sometimes I've spoken like eight times a day. Uh, sometimes I've been in like fifty states in one month, and you know, it's. <laughs> it's crazy. I come home and I'll just sit in silence, you know, two, three days and my children will just lay on me. My daughter will just hug me. And um, I just asked her, I said, sweetie, why do you hug me? She says, daddy, she says, every time you speak, a little part of you dies. And she says, we know that our love brings you back to life. And, um, and, and so brother, it's, I'm, the work kills me, right? Like if if when I speak, I'm giving everything. I'm giving like this really might be my last presentation ever, and I need to know that I gave my best because if I if I don't, I might lose someone. I might lose a kid to suicide. I might lose a teacher. I might lose an administrator or someone. And so I'm giving everything as best as I can but it takes its toll on you, right? Like, and so I'm, I feel like a little bit of my life leaves me every time I speak. And, um, and so I, but I'm fulfilled by that. My, my daughter and my children, they hug me. Um, I know that my, my work is by God's grace, making a difference and touching a lot of lives and preventing a lot of suicides and giving people hope and, and giving them tools they can use to reach the little Manny Scots of the world. Man, I'm grateful. I'm fulfilled, and um, and uh, I'm I'm excited about what's going to come out of this context that we're in right now. I know teachers are learning some new stuff right now, and uh, who knows how this will change education? I hope it makes us better. Absolutely, that is. Yeah. Grab a copy of Teacher Secrets. That is right there. That is the yeah. answer to the future, I think, my friend. And, and as much Thank as you. I've read of it, and you can see my my post-its, as much <laughs> of I, as I've read of it, I I truly stand behind that statement. And Thank I don't you, do man. that much on this show. So I'm telling you right now, a lot. quality, I appreciate that. And yeah, Thank the you. way forward is really, it, it's a, a chance for us to grow and thrive. And it's not a chance for us to stop and dive, right? It's a chance for us That's to right. keep going. It's a chance for things to be different. And if we're looking at it with that perspective from leaderships, from teachers down to students, and even students should be the ones thinking like, how can school be different than it ever was before? Because there's a lot of resources that schools have access to now that they didn't have access to before. 
And even families have access to things now that they didn't have access before. And people are doing some amazing things in all areas. You talk about people in this show. We love to dedicate an episode uh, uh, to someone on this show who is unlocking unlimited potential in all whom they serve. You mentioned you'd love to dedicate this episode to Dr. Craig Ott. Yes. There he is right there. My man. All right. Yes. So Dr. Craig Ott, man, he is my advisor. He's the director of the PhD program at Trinity International University, and he's uh, over the intercultural studies program. But this man has not only been a mentor academically, challenging me, teaching me to think critically, uh, not letting my conclusions be stronger than my evidence, you know, how to do high quality ethnographic research and uh, really become a scholar. So he's helped me, you know, he's, he's helping me become a short, more sharp and exact tool for this work. And, uh, and so professionally and personally, just as a mentor, as a man who I think for the last 20, 30 years, he's like an unsung hero. He travels all over the world training leaders you know, sometimes he's training them in caves and sometimes he's training them in the middle of forests. Uh, he's, you know, so you don't have a movie about him, but he's just one of those people, I think, who just needs to be recognized for his tireless dedication, for the way he mentors, I don't know, 20 or 30 of us to to continue the work of empowering leaders and reaching those who need to be reached. So I love you, Dr. Odd, if you get a chance to see this. Shout out to a teacher. I love it. Yeah. That's the best part about it, right? We're, you're still shouting out teachers. Always. And and man, I could go on and on and on. Absolutely. Like, I've it's met so many one. through the years. Yeah. Baruti Kafele, Robert Jackson, you know, there's just so many. Like I just I could celebrate all of these people, man, who who renew my hope. Cause sometimes you get tired, man, and then I'm on the road meeting these people and they give me hope and inspire me to keep going. Um, and you don't hear about them. You know, I don't think the media does a good enough job of celebrating our educators and our heroes. Uh, and we, I think our media divides us, but there are so many people I could just celebrate. And, and he's just one of them. Absolutely. I'm going to give a special shout out here to my good friend, Michelle Greer. She is a Michelle. huge Benny Scott <laughs> fan. She actually introduced me to, to you. Um, and, you know, she introduces her staff to you. She is a New York State public school elementary school principal in Ossining, New York. She is now being promoted to the director of curriculum and instruction. She is my pandemic warrior. She has done things in her school that are so innovative. She starts the day in the school that she is the principal of with a school news show where it's basically all the kids, 275 kids log on and watch her and they do all these awesome things. They bring in sports people, they bring in all these wow. great interactive opportunities and just something that took a lot of guts. And you know, one of the many things that she's been so amazing about. So shout out to Michelle Greer. Michelle Greer, shout out to you. Thank you for your work, my friend. Uh, I remember us talking, I don't know, a couple years ago, maybe two years ago, but I remember our exchange. I think we talked while you were in your car and it was like a FaceTime or something. And I remember saying, she's really special. So thank you for your work. Yeah, she's an amazing woman. Appreciate that. So I do have one question to ask you though, before we wrap up. 
Yeah. Unlocking unlimited potential means. Unlocking unlimited potential means seeing people's problems, but not stopping there. It's seeing people's problems, seeing past their problems to their potential and calling them up to it. Um, that's what that, that means to me. I'm here doing the work that I'm doing, that I've been doing, because other people saw that in me. I, and I, I had a lunch lady, just to give you an example. I was failing math, grammar, uh, English, science. I was failing everything. And I was about to drop out of school again. I was about to drop out of school again. And uh, I think my screen froze. Oh, there it is. And uh, on my way out, I was crossing the I was crossing the quad. I was about to cross the football field, jump the barbed wire fence, and drop out again. The lunch lady stopped me. She says, "Manny, come." And I said, "Not today, Rodu. I don't have time." She says, "Manny, come." I said, "Not." She says, "Come here now," with a mama voice, and she was from Greece. She had this thick accent. I walked up to her snack bar, and um, I'm like. I don't have, today is not a good day. She says, Shh, come to mama. She took off her glove, you know, the lunch lady glove. And she touched my face. And she says, Manny, you're going to be great one day. I see it in your eyes. Um, man, she'll know. Well, she found out later, but she had no idea how much I needed to hear that in that moment. She said, you're going to be great one day. I see it in your eyes. Now you go to class, class is that way. <laughs> and, and that woman kept me from dropping out. She saw my problems. She knew I was not an angel, but she saw past my problems to my potential. And she called me up to it. You're going to be great one day. And my life is the product of many experiences and exchanges like that. Uh, with educators, teachers, lunch ladies, bus drivers, security guards. And so for me, unlocking unlimited potential means you see the problem, but pass the problem to the potential and you call them up to it. And she was your lunch lady and she lunch wasn't even lady. your teacher. So that yeah. just goes to show the power that we all have, no matter where we are, when we're in contact with people, how important Absolutely. it is that we keep that true to our hearts, that belief, that faith. You know, and I truly appreciate that. So, yes. Manny, how can people get a copy of this book? I'm thinking they can go to mannyscott.com. What do you think? Well, you can go to mannyscott.com and get it for $29.99, or you can get it from teacher-seek.com for pretty much free. The book costs like $10. You can get it for $9.99. That covers everything. Um, at teacher-secrets.com and you can get that plus a lot of bonuses, green screen setups and my morning routine to be your best every day and a whole lot of other stuff if you're interested. Teacher-secrets.com. That's it. Perfect. There it is. They can learn the be salty routine too. Oh man. Uh, I, I, let's not tell them about that. Let's make them go buy it. All right. <laughs> yeah. You got to go pick it up. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, man. No, I, I, uh, so apparently, um, I've had a disease for the last five years, and I didn't know it, right? I just knew something was wrong. I just didn't know what it was. And then this pandemic hit, took my hair, uh, <laughs> took like everything, man. And and um, I, I knew something was wrong. 
went to the doctor and uh, found out I've, I have this thing called Hashimoto's thyroiditis, fatigue, exhaustion. It's all bad. I've been living with this, working with this 300 days a year for the last five years. And the thing that has kept me strong has been the be salty morning routine. So if you want to know what that is, <laughs> teachersecrets.com. That's a great plug. There's a lot more yeah. in it though than the be salty routine, but I will say it is a good one. Thank you. Thank I you. I appreciate Brandon. you. Well, listen, Manny, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate all that you're doing, taking thank the you. time to, to come and join me. I know this is you're inspiring so many people on a daily basis and you're a real busy guy and you got a huge lineup of events coming in the next couple of months. So I appreciate this more than you'll ever know. So thank you so much. And thank you for everything you're doing for everybody out there. Remember that the journey toward unlocking unlimited potential begins with you and remember to continue to educate with passion. Have an awesome day, everybody. Thanks so much. This podcast is proud to be a part of the Codebreaker Podcast Network and also the entire family of disruptors at Codebreaker.